0: Just how far do common media narratives about North Korea deviate from reality? Does this country deserve its reputation in the West as a human rights pariah on the world stage? Do threats posed by the West justify the state's nuclear posture? How have U.S. financial sanctions restricted the country's economic development? On what assets could North Korea pin its hopes for recovery? On this week's Global Research News Hour, we examine the myths and realities of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea with two guests: Kyul Chung, a visiting professor at Tsinghua University and a frequent visitor to the state, and Henri Ferron, the author of a dissident article on the country's economic status. On today's show, Rethinking the North Korean Narrative: Conversations with Kyul Chung and Henri Ferron. Bringing you the analysis beyond the media headlines, the Global Research News Hour is on the air. Welcome to the Global Research News Hour for the week of October 24th, 2014. I'm series host and producer Michael Welch. The Global Research News Hour is a special radio collaboration between the Center for Research on Globalization and campus community radio station CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. We seek to provide you with access to analysis of the major issues shaping our world today from thinkers, researchers, and unique political personalities rarely addressed by major media. Our program is available from the Center's website. GlobalResearch.ca. We can also now be heard on the Progressive Radio Network at PRN.FM. We'll begin our show with news notes, a sampling of articles from the Global Research News site. Both Pennsylvania and Connecticut governors recently declared a state of emergency, not because a disaster is taking place at this moment, but because bad things may happen in the future. According to Wiki, a state of emergency, quote, means that the government can suspend and or change some functions of the executive, the legislative, and or the judiciary during this period of time. And it can also be used as a rationale for suspending rights and And freedoms, even if those rights and freedoms are guaranteed under the Constitution. In short, a state of emergency is martial law. It is the legal equivalent of living under a dictatorship who can change and ignore existing laws while at the same time citizens lose their rights. This power should be viewed as an absolute last resort in times of genuine crisis, but lately it's declared merely over fear of something potentially happening in the future instead of an actual emergency, which by definition is an immediate crisis. That's from the article, Martial Law in America. Fearing a Future Emergency, Governors Declare a State of Emergency, by Eric Blair, posted October 22nd, originally appearing at Activist Post. Ukraine's leader, Petro Poroshenko, was demanding that the EU bail out Ukraine, which is months behind on its gas bill from Gazprom, and which furthermore has been getting Slovakia to reverse flow of Russia's gas in order to meet Kiev's own heating needs. Businessweek headlined on Monday that, quote, Russia won't accept terms to end sanctions over Ukraine, unquote, and reported that, quote, Russia's top diplomat, Sergei Lavrov, said his country won't accept Obama's and the EU's conditions to end sanctions after talks in Italy produced no breakthrough over the truths in Ukraine, unquote. That truce is between the residents in Ukraine's southeast and the Ukrainian government, which has been bombing them ever since May, in order to end their desire to break away from that government and support instead their own republic or republics set up by themselves. Business Week notes that Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, whose nation pipes about 15% of the EU's natural gas needs through Ukraine, quote, said last week that supplies to Europe would be reduced if the Ukrainian government siphoned off fuel for its own use. So, Russia seems to be standing firm on getting its back-due payments from Ukraine and on refusing to accept the West's conditions for ending sanctions against Russia and on prohibiting Ukraine from reverse-flowing any more of Russia's gas. That is from the article, The EU-Russia-Ukraine Sanctions Crisis – Germany's Merkel says EU taxpayers will have to subsidize Ukraine. By Eric Zeus, posted October twenty second. The public safety minister Stephen Blaney warned that same day. Recently, our conservative government announced the listing of the Islamic State in Iraq and the Levant in all its forms and identities as a terrorist organization making it clear that joining or tempting to join this despicable group is a terrorist offense. If, as the media report, Rouleau was known by the police and his passport was confiscated because he, quote, wanted to join ISIS, unquote, and, quote, wanted to be a terrorist, unquote, Rouleau should have been accused of a terrorist offense. As for the attack in Ottawa, quote, RCMP National Division Commanding Officer and Assistant Commissioner Gilles Michaud said the attack caught authorities by surprise, unquote. It's a rather surprising surprise since we were told only two weeks ago by both the RCMP and CSIS that the homegrown terror threat was very real. That is from the article, The Ottawa Shootings and Canada's War on Terror, Media Points to Homegrown Terror Threat by Julie Lévesque, posted October 23rd. These are just a few of the featured articles appearing last week on the Global Research website. Regular visitors to the site are encouraged to send monetary contributions by fax, mail, or online. Just go to globalresearch.ca and click Donate on the menu. North Korea has long labored under the reputation of being backward, militaristic, and destitute, with a poor human rights record. Under former U.S. President George W. Bush, it was considered one of the Axis of Evil countries. To sort out the myths from the realities of the North Korean puzzle, the Global Research News Hour sought out two analysts who have published works on the subject: Kiul Chung and Ari Ferron. Joining us now from uh, Tokyo is Dr. Kiyul Chung. He's a visiting professor at the School of Journalism and Communication at Tsinghua University in Beijing, China. Uh, he has visited North Korea numerous times and is here to help address some of the realities and myths facing the country. Welcome, Dr. Chung, to the Global Research News Hour.
1: Uh, wonderful. Be
0: with you uh, on this time. Okay, now, Dr. Chung. I mean, the, the, recently in the news, we've been hearing uh, from international Western media talk of the North Korean leader. Uh, adopting what they call a charm offensive, uh, you know, coming in the wake of the leader resurfacing after having been out of the public spotlight for weeks. Uh, he'd authorized the release of an American prisoner, Jeffrey E. Fowl, after uh, a request from President Barack Obama, contrasting with the image the leader had attained, you know, several months ago of being bellicose. What are your feelings about the way the West tends to portray the North Korean leader and, and why?
1: The DPRK, they want to be called Democratic People's Republic of Korea, DPRK, also known as North Korea. Probably, I believe, probably the most demonized the nation or not, uh, ever since the Korean War broke out or ever since the division of the Korean Peninsula in 1945, August. Having said that, what the Western media, the mainly the the, the the American media, the Japanese media and the the divided southern part of Korean peninsula which is South Korean media have depicted that part of the world and that part of the nation is absolutely closed and quote unquote Stalinist, communist, dictatorial the nation, and bellicose, and, and, and the confrontational, uh, and all, all sorts of typical, the, you know, the, the, the labeling of that nation, that government, at the moment led by Kim Jong-un, they call the supreme leader of that nation. What we see, what we hear, it's not something all of sudden. One, the look at closely the whole Korean division history, the the northern part of Korean leadership and the people have never stopped to outreach to the world, that they have not closed themselves to the outside world, but they have been closed out from the outside world. The the world that has been dominated by the United States of America, which, which is the the only global superpower they have called themselves since 1990s. Now, militarily and even in their own way, the self-reliant economic development, they are now ready to open up their own, I would say, their their readiness to to, to meet any challenge and to, to, to talk about any future possibilities regard with with regard to their future and the future of the Northeast Asia and to the world. What we heard about the high level delegation and then the, the North South the 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 the, the, uh, the talks the is about to take place probably at the end of this month or the early part of November if the situation Hasn't become further deteriorated between North and South, including the Japanese Prime Minister Abe, who has been trying to reach outreach to the Kim Jong Un, the leader in the North, but has been, I mean, the discouraged or even the the the, the, the they have not been free to play out the, his own politics within the Northeast Asian geopolitical power relations. Abe has not been able to do what his government has been wanting to do with relations to the North. So what, let me stop here with this wording. The, the world will witness sooner or later, probably a century, once in a century, like, is the geopolitical, the power restructuring within the Korean Peninsula and, thereby, the Northeast Asian region.
0: Hmm. Um, so there's been uh, considerable disinformation and, and distortion uh, relating to North Korea uh, going back you know, for you know, several de- decades. Uh, you know, I guess right back to 1953, the end of the Korean War. Um, Talking maybe, maybe just to to kind of you know address some of the things that are being said, for example, about uh, human rights record in North Korea. Um, do you want to uh, talk? Because you know, you've been there so many sure. times, you have a, a sure. good take on the social indicators there. So, uh, what what, sure. what could be said about that?
1: The, the, before I the, the touch on the, quote, unquote, the, the, the real realities of the North, North Korean society, let me briefly the, the, the touch upon that, quote-unquote, human rights. As, as now the much more number of people in the world, I assume and I believe, are now the, deeply aware what that means quote-unquote, human rights, the, the U.S. and the West has applied, quote-unquote, human rights issues, quote-unquote, double standard. The, for example, in southern part of Korea, South Korea, the human rights abuse by political power has not been brought up by the United States of America. The human rights issues has been brought up by the United States and the, the West in general of the nations, those nations who dare to challenge U.S. power, quote unquote, U.S. hegemonic power. The, the nations, the those the nations who who dare to try they own their own the the future, self-determined future, and then those nations have been. Brought up to the the United Nations or any part of the international domain, quote with freedom, democracy, and human rights issues, such as now in Hong Kong situation. So, the this is a very typical typical demonization of any nation the U.S. wants to uh, the, the the wrestle with. That's one one aspect. The other aspect, I have uh, the United Methodist clergy background. I myself the ordained minister and even if I'm now teaching the international relations and the, the geopolitical power issues in the East now in China and Japan and Korea. But that no no the North Korea I I should say should could be the one of the most peaceful nation on earth. Most most orderly organized, thereby there is no such thing what we see in other parts of the world. That society, 25 million population, outside world may say it is a one-party dictatorship, but no matter how they argue, that nation has been able to protect themselves from U.S. aggression for almost 70 years. And they have been blockaded. And I think that that's the only nation has been economically blockaded completely ever since the end of the Korean War, 1953. But they have not, they haven't collapsed. That nation has been known, quote unquote, soon to be collapsed. But they have not been collapsed, but they have ever more developing on their own self-reliant economic Policy now they are rapidly growing. I I urge the the friends of the world with good hearts and should visit that part of the world. They are now open. They are now even saying this year alone, Kim Jong Un uh, has given his his specific order should receive a million the tourists from any any parts of the world. The last year alone, they had about. 100,000 mainly European tourists visited that, the, the North Korea. Uh, the, the social reality, the economic situation, compared to the late 1990s, an extreme degree of hardship, isolated and blockaded and sanctioned by the United Nations led by U.S. and the West. But that nation, no matter what, had survived. Now. Compared to the that, 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 that 1990s, at the moment, they are prospering. I, I should say they eat more, they eat better, they wear better, they look better. Because what they eat is much better than the quality-wise compared to the late 1990s. It's much, much more. And so they are putting their money, their national the, the financial resources, to build the, I should say, the recreational even. Even they build more housing complexes around the country. They they invest more money in the light industry, not any more heavy industry, because they believe, which is a true now, that since 2006, the first the nuclear test, they do not worry anymore quote-unquote, U.S. nuclear attack, because they have built successfully the the successful nuclear deterrent power to deter U.S. aggression, so that they say, and what I know, they have been investing, they put the money into light industry and farming so that they can feed their people more and better that's what I see, and that's many, including European tourists, have seen lately.
0: Okay, Professor Chung. I mean, we—I think most in the West are, are familiar with North Korea. They—they—they they, they see these uh, missile tests, where they will launch a missile and, and just to show how far right. it will go. Uh, and we know that the the country has been crippled under these uh, sanctions that have been leveled against them, and 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 right with the the idea that well their the, the, the that their nuclear proliferation is is not acceptable could you outline their justification for taking those actions what would happen if north korea were to to just completely disarm of all of their nuclear uh, uh weaponry and armaments and and proliferation according to what's been specified by these uh, western and and un powers
1: Two points should be mentioned here. One, they have successfully built, uh, it's not by my own, the, uh, the, 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 the assessment, by own U.S., I mean, all of U.S. national security intelligence agencies agree the DPRK North Korea has built a, their nuclear power. And including the intercontinental ballistic missile technology, ICBM technology, uh, by the, the, the December 12th, the, the last year, the December, uh, the 2012, uh, December, the December 12th, the 2012, December 12th, with the third, the satellite launching, uh, the successful launching, uh, which was, the, the confirmed by the United States of gov- U.S. government, that's their self-defensive measure, and they call the, 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 the nuclear deterrent power, which they have acquired. And so that's one set of issue they say, when people talk about denuclearization of North Korea, quote-unquote, it, South Korean government always say. The North Korean denuclearization, but but they say first denuclearization of the whole Korean Peninsula, plus U.S. must drop "quote unquote" the nuclear umbrella policy over the Korean Peninsula, including U.S. aggressive strategy, U.S. military troops. that the. The, the practicing all the, the throughout the year, very aggressive and, and, and very over the occupying Pyongyang, their capital of the North. And, and, and so unless U.S. drops, unless U.S. US gives up those aggressive anti-North policy, a strategy, and military exercises throughout the world, they will never give up their nuclear and the missile technology p- power whatsoever. That's very, very clear. I think that the world may not yet know that the U.S. is under the table having very deep talk with the North, I believe. And, and, and what the John Kerry said in with German the defense minister the other day, that the the a very 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 significant the the political statement he said something with the north relations the the the, the, the is taking care of US is willing to begin to remove the, some part of US troops from south korea that's not an a, 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 accidental statement, I believe. That's a very much calculated political statement by the United States of America coming out of, under-the-table discussions with the North and the United States of America. And same thing going on, I believe, with the Japan and the North and the North and South Korean governments. So... What we've, what we've been seeing lately, the releasing one of the, one of the U.S. the, the citizens in, the held by the North in the Pyongyang uh, two days ago, and then three highest delegations to Incheon, the Asian Games, and, and then the talks between North and South, it is not all of Southern, as I said in the beginning. North, the DPRK, is ready in terms of militarily economically, politically, socially, I mean, in all sense, they are ready to, to deal with any challenge and any, any issues for the sake of peaceful reunification and peaceful resolution of, quote-unquote, nuclear issues or missile, missile the, 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 the technology issues whatsoever. They want to live with the world peacefully. And they are one of the the working people to 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 enjoy the life with as people in the world do that. But they have not been allowed to enjoy their lives. They have been suffered by U.S. the anti North policy ever since the Korean War. Hmm.
0: So I mean, you are um, of course uh, very determined in your aspirations for the peaceful unification. Of uh, Korea. But I'm wondering, should that event be achieved? What would that mean uh, for the United States and, and Japan and uh, the other outlying uh, powers?
1: Let, let me be uh, brief. First, with the U.S., the peace treaty should be signed and will be signed no matter what. It's a matter of time. And I, I, I believe Something is going on at the moment. The second, the Japan, the, 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 the DPRK, the Japan normalization talk is also underway. The, it's, the, the Abe, for his own political survival, the North, quote unquote, North card is crucial for his future political survival. And I, then I think his people is determined to, to move ahead no matter how U.S. has been blocking their way into the North, uh, to normalize. It's not only political military issues, There's also economic issues. And the three most important businesses, the conglomerates from the South as a consortium sent their highest level delegation to, to, to the Nadin, Nadin Sambong, the sea port, the, the very crucial strategic port already twice, and they are already deeply involved with the Russian and the Chinese government on the international development project in that part of the world. What I'm saying is that the peace treaty, which is a fundamental issue with with the the North, with the United States on the Korean Peninsula question, which will allow Korean people from all ends and self-determinedly to talk about their future, quote unquote, peaceful and self determined reunification on our terms. I mean, on Korean people's terms, not the U.S. terms, and that. Time is coming, and that's why even Japan, Abe, the right-wing government, is, is, is hurry, in a hurry to, to try to the, the normalize their own relationship to the North that they have been demonizing for over, over 60, almost 70 years. So the, the world is now seeing why the Putin, the leadership, the President Putin, the Russia is probably one of the most the the in you know, a in a positive way the, the aggressive the approach to the north with regard to their the the bilateral economic development and the strategic relationship is ever more getting stronger in that the Eurasian continent and the China the made the, the 1.26 billion the 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 the, 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 the uh, the investment contract made about three four days ago. This is all simultaneous. The the, the development within the Korean Peninsula and the including Northeast and the Eurasian continent. Uh, the, the with regard to the all the Ukraine Ukraine situation in the Middle East situation. So probably the world may see the something dramatic. Uh, the, the 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 you know the, I mean the global the globally globally significant political breakthrough and the military breakthrough possibly from the Korean Peninsula in the not in the far down the future.
0: Okay, quite fascinating, um, Dr. Kil Chung. I want to thank you very much for for sharing these uh, perspectives with our, our listening audience. Thank
2: you, sir.
1: Anytime.
0: Okay, Dr. Kiel Chung is the Editor-in-Chief at the Fourth Media and a visiting professor at Tsinghua University. You're listening to the Global Research News Hour broadcast out of Winnipeg on campus community radio station CKUW 95.9 FM and on the Progressive Radio Network at PRN.FM. We are also podcast on the website globalresearch.ca. On May 5th of this year, an article was published in the Asia-Pacific Journal called Doom and Gloom or Economic Boom, The Myth of the North Korean Collapse. This piece explored the many factors that contribute to a distortion of the facts concerning the health of the economy of the East Asian pariah state and examines how the narrative of a North Korean economic collapse is being used to justify hawkish policies being directed toward it by the United States and its Western partners. So uh, joining me right now is the author of that article. Henri Ferrand is joining us now from Beijing, China. He is a PhD candidate in international law, Tsinghua University School of Law, in Beijing, welcome Ari Hello, Michael. It's great to participate in your show. Yes, great, great to have you. Uh, welcome. Could you talk about some of the, the the problems like just just getting the the numbers uh you know the the, the basic uh, that that basic data that you would need to 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 be able to before you could even begin your analysis that's a challenge how, how do you where do you essentially source those numbers?
2: Okay, so the numbers that are uh, the most widely in use uh, in uh, global media are numbers from the Bank of Korea. That's the central bank of South Korea. So that's one source. Uh, the other source are, uh, is the CIA fact book. And then you have secondary sources like the IMF. Um However, all these sources have problems. Uh, the, probably the least reliable of them is, is actually the CIA fact book because they, their methodology has changed over the, over the years, so we don't, you cannot compare the numbers that they gave for 10 years ago with those they give for now. Um, the estimate they give is rounded to the nearest $10 billion, and so the figure hasn't changed for, four, uh, for 10 years. Now the the Bank of Korea numbers are a little bit more precise, but they actually don't have a lot of reason to be precise because there is too little data to work with. We don't have enough basic data to to compute something as fundamental as a GDP or a GDP growth figure. Uh, this uh, it just cannot be done with the amount of data that we have. And so Bank of Korea officials admits that the data they give is by nature highly subjective, arbitrary, and prone to error. There is a certain... um, uh, 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 A German scholar pointed out that there might be a problem of data being asked and just being given, almost invented. So he calls this a curious problem. Product of the market mechanism, where there is a demand, there's eventually a supply. If you keep asking for numbers, they will eventually be produced. But they—they're too precise for them to be to be plausible. We don't—we just don't have enough data to do that.
0: Hmm. Now, the the North Korean—they—they they have their—they uh, they have their own government sources, do they not? The the, the SPA.
2: Okay, um, what I did basically in the article was yes. first to compare the the South Korean figures, which are the ones that are the most relied upon in the global media, and uh, figures that are given by the North Korean government on its budget. Uh, the North Korean government actually releases Very little data. Everything, almost everything, is a state secret. There, but there are certain figures on the national budget, but these are relative numbers, not absolute numbers. Those are there are certain figures that they release, and they are generally dismissed as government propaganda. However, I base myself on research by um, by this eminent German scholar and i show that especially for the year 2009 and onwards the data from north korea is more consistent with world events such as um, the the prices in oil and food so that the data from the north korean government is actually more consistent with world events than the data from the South Korean government. And so I wouldn't say that we should take them at face value, but they are much more reconcilable with the booming trade that even South Korean government uh, agencies recognize is happening in North Korea. So we might be closer to a picture of double-digit growth
0: Of stagnation. If we just go back um, the uh, about twenty five years, there was a uh, the the Soviet Union collapsed, and of course that was a a major uh, customer. Uh, It was an export market and uh, provided a lot of fuel and gas. Uh, I'm wondering if you could sort of trace. You know how the economy has been influenced by those sorts of factors, like going back to 1990 and to the present. I mean, I know you mentioned the meteorological and uh, uh, you know these ups and downs and fuel prices, but like when you look at uh, some of the major players—Soviet Union, China, uh, South Korea—how has North what what sorts of currents has uh, North Korea had to adjust to? O- over the course of the past two decades?
2: Um, so, uh, as you mentioned, the, the really defining event in the last uh, 25 years is the collapse of the Soviet Union. That's, uh, as you said, a loss of important export markets and crippling reductions in, in gas and fuel imports. Um, this led to a chain reaction where food production collapsed uh north korea was actually doing pretty good for itself in the 1980s um, if we look at the food production uh, for which uh according to to fao figures so food and agricultural organization figures there is six million tons of grain equivalent the requirement for the population of north korea which is 23 million people is five million tons of grain equivalent but because of the collapse of the Soviet Union, this dropped, according to, to FAO figures, again to less than in 1990. So you have a two million shortfall. Um, so this is a major defining event. But also, you have you have to consider that if the Soviet Union collapses, this puts. In a very tight spot militarily, and this severely affects the the economy as so well. They redirect a lot of their budget towards towards military equipment, actually, and that's that's where we have this whole nuclear narrative that that, that is starting. So um, we. There would be also the the currency revaluation that I that I mentioned before. There is the um, I would say the the war in Iraq might also have influenced uh, North Korean thinking about the economy because it showed basically that if they were not nuclear armed, then it might, um North Korea might might far fare the same as as Iraq, so it gave them additional reason mm-hmm. to develop nuclear weapons and they they may have put more funds into it
0: yeah that that was the t- when they were talking about the axis of evil, and North Korea was one of those states that was mentioned
2: yes exactly so when Bush declared North Korea part of the axis of evil, and North Korea saw that. Another member of the axis of evil, Iraq, uh, was was basically being gunned down. It drew the logical conclusion that it might be it might be next on the list, and it started to stock up. So, the, the strategy of North Korea is basically to be, although they they might not necessarily win a war, that the costs would be so prohibitive as to deter an attack by, uh, by the United States. So um, I think there was, a, um, there was a report in the, in the Clinton era that was drawn up about what would be the the casualties, the aftermath of, uh, a military solution uh, to the reunification of, of the Korean Peninsula. Mm. Um, and I think it said that in the first 24 hours there would be a million people dying because uh because the North Korean and the South Korean army are so on edge and, and prepared to fire all the missiles they got to each other that it would not be politically defensible to, to attack North Korea. Mm-hmm. So this has been playing a huge role in the formation of North Korea's military first policy they feel like that although economic growth is important for even the legitimacy of, of the leadership um, everything is lost if uh, they go down like Iraq so they develop their military and and I, th- I think we also need to to take into account that to North Koreans, the Korean War in, from 1950 to 1953 has been almost a Holocaust-like experience because there's been 20 to 30 percent of the population that died. That's an enormous figure. If you compare, for example, with the losses of Germany during the Second World War, it's, it's a little bit less than 10 percent. But So you imagine 20 to 30 percent, how that traumatizes the nation and how that that affects their whole thinking about security and so they're they very much uh like like a cornered tiger and and they would be they know that their only hope is is to make themselves so um make the cost of an attack of them so prohibitive as to, as to deter it entirely.
0: Henri, you, you paint a picture in your article of a uh, the, the, the of an economy that seems to have the fundamentals seem to be sound, but they're operating in a climate with, with the sanctions that you mentioned uh, where, where they're uh, – that, that has the effect of crippling them, kind of like a when you have an athlete that's in good condition, but he's got to run with these chains around his feet through a tar pit. Um, c- could you talk a little bit about uh, – you know, particularly the the U.S. role in, in not only being able to disrupt the economy through the, their own uh, unilateral sanctions and and the multilateral sanctions, but also the 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 ability they seem to have to dissuade uh, financial transactions with other countries.
2: Yes, so um, it it seems counterintuitive that North Korea could develop as a, as it is one of the heaviest sanctioned countries on Earth. However, if you look at the detail of, of sanctions, here here's what we find. So you, we have to distinguish between those multilateral sanctions from the UN Security Council and the unilateral sanctions from the US and its allies. The multilateral sanctions are supposed to only prevent um, trade and uh, it's It's actually an embargo on nuclear and missiles and weapons related transactions. however, they also affect what you call dual use equipment that is equipment that could have equipment and technology that could have um, both a civilian and a military purpose. This has had the effect of slowing down considerably the development of uh industries such as uh the chemical industry, the IT industry, the aeronautics industry, that and telecommunications industry that would actually be very important for for for, for the development of a modern country. There is um, very little research that's been done on that. Uh and I I the problem is that the, the sanctions reports that are given to the United, uh, to, to the Security Council, um, kind of dismiss the effect that this might have on the North Korean economy. So then, now if, if we go on to the unilateral sanctions, um, uh, the U.S. and its allies have imposed unilateral sanctions on, on North Korea practically since the beginning of the Cold War. Um, this curtails virtually generally. it curtails uh, all trade between a given country and North Korea, for example, between US. and North Korea. So uh, that North Korea can learn to, to live without. However, what, what hurts uh, the development of North Korea are, are financial sanctions imposed by the U.S because of the, the, clouds, the financial clout of the US. and the world effectively it it makes uh north korea a a pariah in the financial world and banks avoid uh transacting with uh with them even chinese banks avoid transacting with north korea for fear of um losing losing their license in in the u.s or being forbidden to trade in u.s dollars so this this is a this causes a huge problem for, for North Korea because you need to be able to access international banks if you want to conduct international trade effectively because it, you'll very rarely be able to find an, an international partner who would be willing to transact through to a national bank. You
0: mentioned, so, uh, in, in, you mentioned uh, yes. in your article that there was a Macanese bank that had been uh, – uh, had been uh, uh, th- th- that a massive bank run had been triggered on suspicion that there was uh, money laundering, that with with yes. the uh, North Korean. Uh...
2: Exactly. So uh, there's uh, this bank in Macau, the, the Banco Delta Asia. Um, there was public suspicion by the U.S. Treasury that it might be money laundering, doing doing forbidden, prohibited financial transactions on account of of North Korea. Um the investigation of the US effectively destroyed the bank's reputation and triggered uh, a a mass bank run. There was an independent audit that was commissioned by the Mackinese government. Uh and it was and it didn't find any any major violations for it. However, the US Treasury decided to blacklist the bank effectively destroying its reputation and other banks seeing what happened to the Bank of Delta Asia decided to sever their ties with North Korea and that includes again Chinese banks Japanese banks Mongolian banks Vietnamese banks Singaporean banks so although there was no direct threat from the US to those to those other banks in the financial world, because in the financial world, your reputation and in the trust are so important, the fear of suffering a similar fate was enough to, to, to very much isolate, uh, North Korea and to stifle its economic development. So, um, it's, uh, it, it you could say that it stunts. Uh, both, both the economy and uh, if if we take into account the food problems that, that North Korea has had, then maybe even its population.
0: Hmm. Now, you you uh, you you talk in the article. Uh, you when you talk about uh, a new era, you seem to indicate that North Korea could hedge uh, uh, an economic re- renaissance on its uh, mineral deposits. I- I'm wondering. If the uh, like the, the the way the United States has been dealing and, and its partners have been dealing with uh, North Korea if they're trying to find a way of capitalizing on that somehow they don't want North Korea to develop uh, that particular sector they they want to somehow cripple to the fa- to the point where uh, the United States uh, South Korea or, or and its partners could somehow capitalize on that bonanza, is that something that you can uh, address uh, in any way?
2: Um, so when I talk about, about this economic renaissance, I, I, I talk especially about the, the mineral wealth that's in North Korea. Um, this includes uh, the top ten largest reserves in the world of magnetite tungsten ore, graphite, gold, molybdenum, and the largest rare earth deposit in the world that was just discovered um it's said to be worth trillions of dollars by itself uh to to the, uh 216 million tons so this this could be a a ticket out for for north korea if they manage to be, develop these resources correctly and to market them correctly they could be developing very fast and, and become the next Asian tiger. Um, but so as as to whether the U.S. or South Korea can do anything about it, um, that that's uh, I I wouldn't think so because the U.S. can do it has already done basically It's the, the unilateral trade sanctions are already a maximum you already cannot trade anything with North Korea if you're, if you're in the US um, and the financial sanction to to tighten financial sanctions you would need to have a reason and the reason in, in around the Banco Delta Asia time was um, this this idea that North Korea might be fabricating um counterfeit notes from the u s um this theory has been um how could i say it was mentioned in uh, to to Swiss authorities and they were not quite convinced that the evidence that North Korea would have the ability to produce such perfect counterfeit notes was uh was very convincing evidence. So, in the absence of a of a of a big reason like that it it's not
0: um
2: it is very difficult politically for the u s to justify additional financial sanctions um also from from a South Korean perspective, it really depends on which administration you have to do with if you with conservatives um they're not keen on on seeing uh they're generally not keen on seeing of Korean revival. If you're with progressives, they would try to restart what was already happening during the 2000s, um, and that is a development of the, of the trade and, and business relations between the two Koreas. Mm-hmm. So we would have to see how uh, the next administration after the current president, the conservative, Park Geun-hye, uh, would, would, handle, would handle this. Um on the other hand, if you look at other players in the region china's continuing is continuing to having um good relations with north korea trade is continuing is continuing to boom um there was a small dump with the execution of ofchangngt Tech which uh, according to certain analysts was uh, ha- had very good relations with china mm-hmm. Um, if you look on the Russian side, there is a, a huge project called the Iron Silk Road that would have um, pipelines and um, train lines going from from Russia to North Korea and to South Korea. So there, I cannot see a reason for which the development of North Korea would face a major bump besides what, um was also mentioned by, by this German scholar I mentioned before, Frank Rüdiger, according to which, uh, Korea, North Korea might just be too enthusiastic with its, uh, with its new money and, and, and kind of overspent. Um it's true that when you go, when you go to, to North Korea now, or if you listen to the, to the reports of people who've been there recently, There have been very, um, very marking changes. I mean, there's a lot more cars than there used to be. There's a lot of new buildings and very, very flamboyant, high-rise buildings. Um, There's uh, mobile phones and people people just look better dressed and more self-confident. So... The scholars like Rudiger Franca are concerned that maybe North Korea might be a little bit overspending and getting a little bit crazy with the new money it has. But that's the that's the only reason I could see for there being a major. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh,
0: just uh, I, I want you to sort of maybe get to that that bottom line. This idea that. Uh, um, that that we're not just talking about a simple, uh, you know, confusion uh, about. I mean, there there is a deliberate strategy in portraying this uh, this narrative of, of collapse that, of, of the awkwardness of, of the uh, of the economy of North Korea. It plays into the hands of of the, uh, the United States in particular, so that they, they they continue to feed that narrative. That's essentially your your. Conclusion, is it not? Um, is that not accurate?
2: I don't, I don't I don't. have the evidence to support that directly. Okay. However, there is little reason for U.S. troops to stay in South Korea. So from a certain American perspective, if you want to stay in South Korea because you want to put pressure on China, you don't want it to become anything else than a pariah. from From a Chinese perspective, for example, this pivot Air strategy has been essentially analyzed by large by a large amount of scholars as a, a strategy of encirclement of china so if if you lose basically the the South Korean outpost it doesn't uh, it, it goes against what this um, against the strategy of an, of an encirclement of China.
0: Okay, well that um I think we'll probably leave it there then, uh, but uh Henri Ferrand, I, I want you to thank this is a very impressive article and uh it's it's it is posted on the global research uh, website, uh where you could find it. So uh thank you very much for uh, you know, expanding on the content of that uh article and uh, elaborating it for our listeners.
2: I have a pleasure to see.
0: Participate in. You. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Uh, we've been speaking with Henri Ferron. Uh, he's the author of the May 5th article, "Doom and Gloom or Economic Boom: The Myth of the North Korean Economic Collapse." You've been listening to the Global Research News Hour. You can hear our programs every week on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg and on partnering radio stations across the country. We are broadcast on the Progressive Radio Network at prn.fm. You can also download each episode from the website globalresearch.ca. To leave feedback on this program, email globalresearchnewshour at gmail.com. I am series host and producer Michael Welch. Join us again next week.